Welcome to Beyond Trauma, a podcast from therapists for clients about the healing journey. We hope this will be a resource of encouragement, comfort, insight, and understanding for you along this courageous process. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond Trauma, a guide for your healing journey. Um, It's just me, Bridger, and uh, Jen today, and we are on Zoom uh, recording an episode a week late. Uh, mm-hmm. We are, our, our uh, practice is in the middle of preparing for a big training that we are very proud of. Um, and that has kind of put some time constraints on us that we kind of said, oh yeah, podcasts. Uh, we love doing this, but time sometimes it's hard. <laughs> yes. So thank you guys for being forgiving of us. For yes. Thank you in advance. Showing up yeah. Weekly. Yeah. <laughs> um, yes. And uh, we are, as I said, kind of on zoom. And so that comes with all the quirks of uh, weird noises that happen at, ho- at houses. And we've already had some technical difficulties with the Wi-Fi. So we hope that it will all go seamlessly in our recording today. Um, but before we jump into our episode for today, um, I did want to talk about our Patreon. We uh, are a part of Patreon, which is a platform that allows listeners and, and other community members to get involved with uh, people that are doing cool projects. And Beyond Healing Center, the, the practice that we are all a part of, uh, does a lot of uh, resource development and developing various trainings and various podcasts and resources for both clients and therapists. And so we do appreciate people that want to uh, give to that and, and to, to donate some of their resources to help us continue doing what we're doing. Um, so I wanted to direct you to that. It's patreon.com uh, backslash beyond trauma podcast. Um, and there will be a kind of selection of different membership levels that kind of get you different, uh, different resources and let, allow you to help in, in larger ways. Um, Jen, do you have anything to add to the, to the Patreon no. plug? <laughs> just for any of you that are already members, we just want to say thank you guys for the support. Um, yes. It's something that we want to continue to build upon and expand what we have out there for all of you. So check out what's there. Um, there's an opportunity at getting to hear bonus episodes, resources, um, meditation exercises, journaling exercises, other clips, Q and A's. So see what's there and know that it is our intention. We're putting a lot of effort this year into continuing to build and expand upon that and what we can offer everybody. Yes, absolutely. Um, And it is just such a cool thing to see community grow, um, to to see people become involved and to see them, uh, you know, join us on Instagram and and follow us on Facebook and all kinds of things Mm -hmm. like that. So it's really cool. Yeah. So today, we are talking about something that we all get very, very excited about, which is the brain. Yay! Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The brain. Um, This season, season two of Beyond Trauma, uh, we wanted to kind of make it a little bit more tailored to the way that we at Beyond Healing Center do therapy. And so we're speaking kind of just from original content that we uh, develop as well as uh, resources that we've collected together and that have created our way of understanding what therapy is and what, um, what people are kind of going through and how to help them. Um, yeah. Last episode, we kind of just did an intro into season two and uh, we're talking about all of these crazy things that we talk about all the time. Um, this episode is called Building the Brain and we decided to call it that because 
kind of the foundational um, idea of our therapeutic approach is neurodevelopment. And that means we care a lot about the natural uh, developmental process of how the brain is built. And then what also uh, various life experiences do to that development. Um, our brains develop in, in something that's called an experience dependent fashion. And that means that you need various interactions and experiences throughout life to give you the developmental uh, progress and process that uh, resulted in who you are today. You would not be the same person without the experiences that you've had. And that means uh, experiences you had by yourself, experiences that you had with others, every single experience across every millisecond of your life uh, created very distinct shifts. They may be small at the time, but they create big impact down the road. Yeah, I think some ways that you guys may experience this is in going through just a regular daily life event and you look at something and say like, wow, they looked at that completely differently than I did. Yeah, like yeah. how do they see that situation in that way? And I'm seeing it in this way. Mm. Those are, you know, more specific examples of how our brain is developed from our past experiences, which yeah. is going to have a direct impact on what we feel, what we think, how we perceive mm -hmm. every interaction and every situation in our lives now and how we behaviorally respond to those. Yes. So what comes up for us in those situations? Yes. And, and really just taking, I mean, we could do a whole episode just on that, that the past shapes the present and our predictions for the future. And that is a big uh, kind of theoretical umbrella that we uh, lean on constantly, that what happened in the past um, it is very much involved in how you developed as a person and how you learn to identify and express yourself, what rules you learned, uh, it, how it was okay or not okay to be yourself or to express yourself, um, even down to what do you expect from other people? Uh, that yeah. may sound strange to think, but your, your mind is doing it at the subconscious level constantly. What do I expect this person to say or do right now? What do I think they're thinking? You know, and you how might... am I preparing myself exactly. for, like, for yes. that response? Yeah. Yes. And that's happening all the time. You may feel like just listening to this, I can, some of my clients will say like, well, I don't actually think about those things. And that's the point. <laughs> it's happening below the surface. And that is and something I validate my clients in is that's just human biology. We are prediction-making machines. Um, mm -hmm. We had to be to develop to the point that we are today. You know, we have, uh, we are some of the most developed and, and evolved species on the planet, or at least we have the illusion of that. Um, and that is because of our ability to understand the present moment because of what the past taught us and to allocate various resources and other community members to meet the needs of the present moment. Mm -hmm. And that yeah. is really where our brains come in and how our brains are developed. Yeah. yeah. So when we think about our certain, we may call them just our personality traits or I'm a optimist or I'm a pessimist yeah. or- Introvert, extrovert. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Yes, yeah. all of those, I'm a worrier. Right. Those key features, those key personality qualities are really how we describe neurodevelopment. That's how they're yeah. showing up on the surface. And we want to start breaking down for you guys 
what is, what does that look like on a brain level? What is that? How is the brain developing? What are the functions of the brain? So that then we can begin to understand those personality traits and qualities that show up in our day-to-day life and have an understanding of where that comes from. Yes. And that is such a, such a beautiful point that our, the way we understand personality traits or just the way somebody shows up in a room is as an adaptational strategy. Mm-hmm. And I'll say it again, an adaptational strategy. What I mean by that is that you don't do anything without very good reason. And it's because of what the past taught you. You know, you, you did, you showed up in this certain way with your mom and it got this response. So you learned to show up in a different way with your mom. Uh, and that gets projected onto uh, present people all the time. And this may sound like a lot all at once, but we're going to keep coming back to these themes um, because this is what therapy looks like for us as identifying, is this, is that the response that was, that was um, appropriate for the current experience? Or was that something from the past that you brought mm-hmm. up? Are you responding to even yourself in a way that uh, it's mainly about your expectations rather than what's actually happening in reality? Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised when you start having that perspective of how much is just, well, I just thought that that would be how it would go yeah, rather than yes. how it actually happened. Yes. Yeah. And even once we begin to recognize like, um, so in the example of being like a worrier, like, oh, I don't really actually have anything to worry about. Like right. there's, you know, things are going to be fine and we can rationally get that yes there's other parts of our brain which we're going to talk about that are sending off alarm bells um, and warning us of things and we're responding based on that even if we know differently our our systems are responding yes absolutely so um i kind of want us to get into a little bit of uh neuroscience and this is i'm a card carrying neuro nerd um (laughs) i i identify proudly that way um, and I have learned so, so, so much about um, how the brain body connection shows up in real life and how to work with that in therapy. Um, and one of the kind of gurus that I've leaned on for this is Dr. Dan Siegel. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Siegel has uh, an, an organization called Mind Sight, Mind Sight. And that is a um, wonderful resource for uh, anybody, clients or therapists that want to learn more about the brain-body connection and how relationships shape our brain. But he has a model called the hand model. The hand model is something to conceptualize how to build the brain. So I want you to just like look at your hand, um, left or right, it doesn't matter. And the, your wrist and your forearm are what is called the brain stem down to the spinal cord, which would be like near your elbow. And so where it comes up and meets your hand is the base of the brain stem. And then I want you to fold your thumb into the palm of your hand and collapse your fingers on top of it, kind of making a fist over your thumb. And that is kind of the way the brain works. The brain looks. The folded in piece is the reptilian brain. This is going to be uh, brain structures that are kind of responsible for sending really fast signals like those alarm bells that, that Jen was just talking about. Those things need to be really close to the brainstem, which they are, you know, if you see your folded thumb over your palm, it's, it's right next to the brainstem. So it just sends that signal and is immediately activated. So you don't have to think twice about uh, running away or getting out of the way of a car that's coming at you. You just react instantly. Mm-hmm. 
And that's because that thumb, <laughs> uh, the, the, the reptilian brain that's folded in has such immediate access to the chemicals and the mechanisms that are involved in, in immediate flight, fight, or freeze responses. Um, and we'll get much more into that later, but that is where a lot of that lives. And then as your fingers fold over your thumb, this is kind of what people think of when they think of the brain. These, this is the neocortex. This is like that just stereotypical looking brain. You know, you've got two lobes and it's split down the middle. That's kind of what the, the folded over fingers are. And so when you see this, your, your fist kind of balled up like this, you can start to imagine what it's like for um, the response patterns to be, um, some of it is conscious, some of it's not as conscious. Um, the kind of getting out of the way of a speeding vehicle, it doesn't involve the top four fingers, it's right at the base. So it doesn't need to interact with the top of the, the, top of the brain because it just says, we don't have time for that. I need to get out of the way of this car and then we can think about it. We can try to put together, was I not paying attention and texting while walking into the middle of the street or was it a car that ran a stop sign or a car that came up under the curb? What was it about? You don't have time to think about those things before you get out of the way because you would get hit. And that's not the way uh, that you stay alive. <laughs> you just need to react and get out of the way. Um, I'm curious, Jen, what you've been thinking as I've been talking about the hand model. Yeah, no, I, I wish everyone could see <clears throat> the video that we're seeing of each other right now yeah. to get that visual. And I think there are some images that we will post on the Patreon yeah. um, for you guys to have access to, to kind of see pictures of this, but you could probably find a lot of images that support this even online. Yeah, Googling Dan has Dan a great, yes. hand model. he has yeah. a great video. Um, and that's just something I've learned. And I teach all of my clients is how to understand their brain because they kind of just see it as this thing that's inside my skull. And yeah. that's not really it. It's actually connected to your whole body. Yes. And that piece of, you know, the wrist and the arm in this, you know, mm -hmm. in the hand model, and that is the, that is the, the spinal cord. That yep. is the nervous system that sends a message to each and every teeny part of our body and yes. tells it exactly what to do. Down to single cells. In that situation. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. So it tells, you know, your fingers, how to move your hands, how to move your heart. Yeah. what to do. Does it your pump lungs. faster? Does yes. it need more? Yeah. Do your lungs, lungs need to um, move more rapidly? It tells your stomach what to do. Yep. Um, so it is what exactly that is how we connect the brain and the body and to recognize all of our physical sensations and symptoms yes. are, are all connected into what is stored in our brain and the messages that the brain is sending it yes. on how to survive. Exactly. And I love the way I'm getting very excited. So I'm going to try to calm down a little bit, but I'm getting <laughs> Don't do so, it. so excited. excited. I'm getting so excited. So, uh, the, the way, um, there are so many, you know, I, I just go back to this over and over and over again in my work with clients, because I really want to normalize and validate this process. This whole thing that we just talked about, the way the brain is built. Remember at the beginning of the episode, I said, it's experience dependent. Mm -hmm. That means it relies on the experiences to know when to and when not to be activated and how to be activated and what that activation is going to do. So really just you know, we can just stop the episode right here, just saying, um, this is a very important process. And it's so involved. Um, and, and I mean that in the way of it, it's so intricate, and it has so many variations, and it's so unique to you, that really just learning to 
befriend your own body, your own nervous system and mm-hmm. learning what, what makes me me and, and how do I show up? Because it's different than anyone else. Yeah. And that to me is so beautiful and it can help them start to, it can help my clients start to understand I am different and that's okay. It, it doesn't do well to just shame that and say, why do I do this? Why do I show up in this way? Or why can't I just do this? Um, yeah. There's good reason why you are having a hard time doing it. And just becoming aware of that can do so much in the way of helping you become the person you want to be. Yeah. And those, those same questions, you know, we can ask ourselves, why am I doing this? Or really, where, why am I doing this? Yes. Really like mean that, the just that shift and really being curious about your own system mm-hmm. and your own behaviors rather than determining is my behavior acceptable or unacceptable, appropriate yes. or inappropriate, right or wrong, good or yep. bad. We're going to look at those and say, where did they come from? And at what point did I learn that this is what I need to do to be okay? Yes. At what point? And how do we say thank you for oh. that learned experience while also recognizing it may not be serving yeah. us in that way? I don't want to show up that way anymore. Yeah. Yes. And I have the ability through my curiosity, my awareness of that to begin to shift and change that response. That's right. That's right. Yeah. And that to me is the first like six months of therapy. <laughs> Honestly, mm-hmm. like that's just, mm-hmm. I'm just starting to get the person aware of how by moment by moment, I mean it when I say millisecond by millisecond, this process is unfolding and refolding, unfolding and refolding, unfolding and refolding, because we can't stay stagnant. Remember back to, I talked about in the beginning of the episode, we are evolutionary creatures. We develop over time and we learn from the past. So in that unfolding and refolding, we're incorporating new feedback both from ourselves and other people of, well, how did that go when I showed up this way this time? And then that gets lumped onto these big, uh, if you can imagine big file cabinets (laughs) in your brain, that single experience gets filed away. And basically it's the sum total of that file cabinet that determines how you're going to show up and determines how you're going to present. Yeah. I oftentimes think of, or we'll talk to my clients about, um, like modeling clay or pottery mm-hmm. um, and shaping and forming that. Yeah. And you think about, so it's on a spinner and it's spinning so rapidly, but every time that that piece spins yeah, and touches your outfit. hand in a certain way, I mean, it's literally touching your hand hundreds and thousands of times to create a certain shape. Yeah. Yeah. And so when we're thinking about, okay, if you now have a shape of a vase and you want to turn it into a a coffee cup or a bowl, there's a lot of reshaping and changing that happens there. That's not just in one motion. Yeah. Um, Yeah. It's, it's a kind of slow, gradual, or it will crumble and fall apart. And so you've got to be really patient and delicate and consistent and changing that shape over time. And so if we think about our nervous systems are shaped from our early life experiences to respond and show up in a certain way, like we're showing up as a vase in our life Yes, that's right. and we don't want to be a vase anymore. We want to be a bowl. (laughs) How do we over time start to change that shape? Um, And even knowing those early life experiences the more um, impactful that they were, the more significant they were, the more impact they had on the way that that is showing up. And so being able to gradually start to reshape that and recognize it's going to take that time and patience and consistency. And there are, um, and I I get into this 
we're kind of, like I said, packing six months of therapy into one session of like what is taught. Um, but you can re-listen to podcasts over and over again. So if you miss something, you can start it over again. But that, that potter's wheel analogy is so helpful because there are times when the, when the potter's wheel is spinning and when it's not spinning. Mm-hmm. When it's not spinning, it's not as, you know, the, the clay isn't as uh, quickly, adapt- quickly shaped you know, it spins so that you can change the whole shape really fluidly. But if it wasn't spinning, you'd have to kind of like massage it in a way. Mm -hmm. And that is the difference between um, sensitive stages of growth and non-sensitive stages of growth. That's a great connection. Yes, I love it. The sensitive stages of growth are when the potter's wheel is spinning, because then the bowl can be remolded so quickly just by one touch of a finger. Whereas when it wasn't spinning, that one touch of a finger wouldn't do very much at all. It would just mm-hmm. kind of push the, <laughs> put the pile of clay. But if you start it thinking in that way of, you know, throughout your life, there are times when that potter's wheel was spinning really, really fast. And so it took just a very little touch to create a big impact that mm-hmm. changed you into something that you would never be, bef- you, you would never be the same again. Mm-hmm. You were going to be shaped by that. And then when you got off the potter's wheel, when that clay got off the potter's wheel, um, it, it would take a much bigger force to create that same yeah. level of impact. Yeah. And so you guys may have noticed this in these episodes, Bridger and I, and even Melissa love metaphors, love oh, yeah. them, and we'll take them so far. So <laughs> you, sometimes too far. Oops, sorry. Are you saying yeah. that I just did that? No, No, I was going to take it another level. Oh, so yes. I'm, I'm like prefacing. I will go with you, Jen. <laughs> But that idea of, if you think about with a potter's wheel, when you just try to do something too fast, too rapidly, it like gets all out of balance and starts like flopping around and kind of falls apart and makes a mess. Like Mm -hmm. those big life experiences that were too much all at once, um, really have that big impact on the shape and can kind of, you know, imbalance the process and get, you know, shake you out of balance. And even in trying to change the way we're shaped in our nervous system response now change who we're showing up as in the world today isn't just a you know come in here and make a big sweeping change it's really about that gradual careful delicate um, impact that we yeah. have over a span of time that's going to show up um, as progress yes wow my mind just took that another step farther um, of course it did that's what we yeah. do <laughs> We've talked about, um, and we're going to get into this in our next episode, so maybe I'll just foreshadow it here, and then we can come back out of this metaphor rabbit hole, (laughs) but um, (laughs) we've talked about our definition of trauma at Beyond Healing Center, which is when something comes along that's too much too soon, too much for too long, or too little for too long, and Mm -hmm. I have three uh, comparisons of that potter's wheel analogy for each one, if you'd like. Perfect. I would I'd love it. <laughs> too much too soon would be if the, if the potter's wheel is spinning and someone just like karate chopped it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know, that's obviously going to have a huge impact and it's going to destroy the base or very, very much, uh, change its shape. The, so that's the too much too soon, too much too long is if somebody just slowly started to push their hand into the spinning ball of clay Mm -hmm. it would shape it in one direction and it would eventually fly off the wheel and the too little for too long I don't know if you've ever spun clay long enough that it dries out but if you Mm -hmm. don't have water next to it and are attending to it very um, intimately 
it can either become too watery and then mushy or too dry and then it starts to crumble. That is exactly kind of the, the impact that something seemingly so small as, well, I just didn't put as much water on this. That's the same thing as, and this might be a little hard to hear for some, but my dad just didn't care about how I felt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or, you know, my mom was kind of just checked out of, of my emotions. She just wanted yeah. me to do a good job and be always uh, achieving. You can have really this, this perspective, especially when the potter's wheel is spinning in those sensitive stages of growth, uh, can really start to show how powerful something like a checked out moment with mom can, can actually be. Yeah. So, so impactful. It can even be framed in something that is seemingly very positive. Like, you know, I was raised by a single mom who had to work a lot to pay the bills. Yes. She worked three jobs to keep food on the table and And she loved us so much. And yes. And that's such a celebration of, you know, mom's expression of love for you, but that doesn't mean there wasn't something lacking and missing something you had to sacrifice for that. That also over a long span of time. Yeah. That just also meant that because she worked so hard, she didn't get to come to my softball game. Mm-hmm. Or there was that one time that she forgot to pick me up. Yep. And that can really start to give validation to you were never the same after that experience. Yeah. You know, you, you were in a lot of ways invalidated by your hurt feelings that your mom forgot to pick you up because you knew that she was working three jobs to support you and your brother or you and your yeah. sister. So you shouldn't feel upset or disappointed by that experience you should be grateful that she was working yes and these are the types of these are the types of realizations that you can have about your developmental process when you start looking at it through this lens Mm -hmm. like if you're saying to yourself listening to this oh my childhood was great we're not trying to stand here and say was it though (laughs) but we're, we're saying you know look at the small things if no big things stand out because those small things still shaped you over time. And if you're, if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking there are certain things that I don't want to do anymore, sometimes it can be in the smallest of things mm-hmm. that these big yeah. changes were created over time. And that begins to shine light on our, the way we show up in our world goes so far beyond our power of choice. Yes. is so far deeper than I should have just chosen not to get irritated with my husband in that. Exactly. I should have just chosen not to snap at my kids or I should have, you know, ran away from that relationship. I should have just stuck it out. Like whatever yep. those are, it's, it's so much deeper than just the power of choice and making yes. the right decision and choosing yeah. to do it better the next time. One of the things um, it's going to sound like I say a curse word here. I'm not going to. Uh, the, the phrase is, um, you're going to should all over yourself. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I say that with, with my clients a lot that, um, you know, these shoulds and these moments of expectation and what you could have or should have done, um, that you just chose something incorrectly. Those shoulds stack up over time and they, they result in shame narratives that, well, I'm just stupid or I just don't know what's good for me or I'm not good enough. Um, because I didn't choose the right thing in this scenario or given this option, I chose wrong. I should have gone with my mom. Instead, I went with my dad when they got divorced. Mm-hmm. I should have chosen differently. Um, all of those can really make 
big, big, big impacts down the road. Yeah. And that's why we look at things through a neurodevelopmental lens. Um, so Jen, do you want to get back to the brain development or do you feel like we want to keep going? I don't know. Yeah, I think where I'd love for this episode, because it's kind of organically taken its own form, yeah, like um, the brain, which is know. beautiful. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I want to foreshadow the, the terms that we're going to come into in our next episode. And some mm-hmm. of, uh, we've talked about kind of the brain structure and the impact that that has. Mm-hmm. Um, Some terms that we're going to start to dissect and dive deeper into are identifying the brain in three parts. Mm -hmm. Uh, We call it the triune brain that um, we actually have three brains, not just one. Yeah. Did you know that? Yeah. yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Three significant parts being, um, and Bridger, you mentioned reptilian brain earlier. Yeah. um, The mammalian brain and then the rational brain. Yeah. And And if you go back to that hand model, that's another thing that can be really helpful. The reptilian brain is that is the connection between your wrist and your palm. And then the mammalian brain is your thumb folded over. And then your rational brain are your fingers on top. So that's how, that's a visual representation of the three brains that sit inside your skull. (laughs) Yes. So we want to be able to dive into that as to what is the function of each of those parts of the brain? Like what is the purpose and the meaning behind, like what does it serve us? And then looking at the same brain, but from a right and left hemisphere. Yes. And I have, this is, this is mine. I don't know if I've ever heard anybody else say this, but I do this in my, in my sessions. I ask if people know what the hand sign for Vulcan is and if they can do it from Star Trek, uh-huh. because this, once you fold it into, you know, your ring finger and your pinky are together and your middle finger and your index finger are together. And then your thumb is out. If you fold that into the hand model, that is the left and right brain. Your <laughs> Jen's trying to do it. Okay, on the I'm other to... <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard this one before. So. I know. So, uh, yes. So this is how, you know, your, your middle finger and your index finger are your left hemisphere. And then your, ring finger and your pinky are your right hemisphere Mm -hmm. and that's how that gets folded over yeah so i i do the vulcan hand sign yeah that's great the vulcan hand model the vulcan (laughs) some people will get that and some will not and if you hadn't explained it i would not (laughs) that's the story of my life (laughs) but to begin then to look at what is the the right hemisphere of the brain do what function does it serve and what is the left hemisphere and how do we look at it as a whole brain That's right. um, and recognize how every single part that we're identifying mm-hmm. serves a significant purpose in how yeah. we function. And to just high level uh, kind of describe what significance there is and why we even care about this multi-part perspective of the brain. Um, as I was, as Jen and I were talking about earlier, when we do a certain thing in a certain way, um, we check for the feedback that we get um, from other people and from ourselves. You know, we're just kind of constantly scanning our environment. Well, that's also happening internally in, in between these structures of your brain. The way the reptilian brain influences the mammalian brain, there's a process internally that describes and tries to understand that process. You know, you don't have a rational understanding of that, but that's how the brain gets built over time. When you see the emotional checked out face of your mom, when you're struggling, that has such powerful impact to the rest of your brain that the various systems in your brain are kind of communicating to one another. 
what does this process need to need to result in on our end of things? Do we need less of this chemical, more of this chemical? Do we need to, to kind of inhibit the functioning of this structure in our brain? And we'll get much more into this later, but the, the way the brain, it's the way, the way, the way, sorry, the way too excited, the way the brain communicates is so intricate and involved. It is the most complicated. We still don't really understand a lot of it. It's the most complicated computer system like on the planet. We just still don't understand a lot of what it's doing, but this is a way to start kind of following the trail of breadcrumbs of your brain. And, and how did it get to where it is now? Yes. That is the way yeah. I do therapy. <laughs> yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. So hopefully all of this feels um, not too overwhelming and relatable Fingers enough. Crossed. That's our goal as we yeah. talk about this is to keep it very relatable. Um, and if you, yeah. yes. Yeah. If you listen to this and you have more questions, which it's likely that you will, and, and I think we'll answer a lot of them in episodes to come, but feel free to reach out to us and Absolutely. send us those questions, those points of confusion, or even things that were really helpful to you. It's, it's great for us to get feedback from you guys, since you're not sitting across the room for us, like a session. Yes. Um, it's great to hear how this is setting with you. So we can speak to any of those pieces that you want more on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, what's to come in our, in our next episode, we're going to break down the, the triune brain as well as the right left hemisphere and start to look at how all of that functions together. Yeah. In and out of a traumatic experience. Yes. Um, yeah. That is where a lot of this comes from. And referencing back to that, uh, our definition of trauma, where something is, is too much too soon, too much for too long or too little for too long, especially in those sensitive stages of growth, the impact is just, is astounding. And so we'll get mm -hmm. much more into that as we go on. Absolutely. Okay. Before we close here today, I want to mention to you guys, um, Bridger talked earlier about a training that we that we're about to do. We have um, a couple of trainings actually that we do, and one is specifically focused on informing people about trauma and the impact on the brain and the nervous system, just the human impact of trauma, um, and really teaching other people out there who are at service of individuals in the service fields, um, just anyone who needs more information on how to interact and how to provide care for someone who's possibly been traumatized. Mm -hmm. So if as a listener, you work for an agency or you have a, a group or someone in your community that you feel like this kind of information could be helpful yeah. in really increasing the quality of care, the quality of work, um, the workforce in general, the, the environment, yeah. let us know. We have a really powerful three-day training called the Trauma-Informed Care, where we're able to connect with just professionals of all sorts, yes. individuals. And um, could you speak a little bit, Jen, to the type of professional? Because I don't want people to think, well, I don't work for a therapy agency. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think so, it can yeah. really be anyone. Kind of anyone. So, right? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a book club um, that you want us to come yeah. speak at? <laughs> maybe a large family. That's right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it, we've seen, we've done some of these trainings before. It could be case managers, social yeah. workers. It could be therapists. Absolutely. Yeah. Or first responders, um, um, yes. doctors, nurses. Medical students. We've, yeah. we've been contacted by medical students. Yeah. Um, Colleges, universities. 
all over the Department place. of Social Services, yep. any anything like that. Uh, chiropractic office, we've done a yep. lot of work with. So any group that just um, really wants to look at a holistic healing approach yep. and how does these life experiences impact people and how do we improve our interactions and our care for them with That's this right. information. Yeah, it's really, uh, we, we do our best and we love being able to tailor the training to the population that we're talking to, to the group, um, because trauma-informed care is something that we believe should be uh, commonplace. We, everybody should have access to this level of understanding of how trauma impacts the developmental process and how it results in people being the way that they are as they are. Yes. Um, so anyone and everyone. Yes. So if you'd like more information on that training, you can find it on our website at www.beyondhealingcenter.com. There's a tab that says trainings. So just select that and you'll be able to find out more information. We thank you all for listening in with us as we nerd out on neurodevelopment. And we look forward to nerding out a little bit more with you in the weeks to come as we dive deeper into the brain. Yes, forever. (laughs) So Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Safe journeys, everyone. Thank you for listening to this episode of Beyond Trauma, a psychotherapy podcast from therapists for clients about the journey of trauma recovery. While resources like this can be helpful, they should never take the place of or be used as therapy. We encourage you to find a trauma-informed therapist in your area to be your guide in this healing journey. Take a minute to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes or Spotify, and we would appreciate it if you could leave us a review. You can connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at beyondtraumapodcast.com. Thanks again for tuning in.